coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. That there's not another you on the planet. And not only that, there never has been another you and there never will be another you. Like, and, you know, the chances of those bajillion sperm, like, you know, finding that one egg and, and fertilizing that egg is like, so it's, it's like, it's a kind of like a miracle that any of us are here in a lot of ways. So you're totally meant to be here. You are a gift. You are a gift from the universe. Your soul chose to come here and you're meant to be here. And so you you have inherent value and that can never be negotiated ever. So the big questions are these, how can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zong, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Now, you're getting ready to negotiate with a narcissist. You should never, ever, ever negotiate with a narcissist without these things. So number one is a powerful, powerful, powerful mindset. Remember that you and you alone define your value. You are inherently valuable. And there's different ways to define value, by the way. So, you know, value can be... Anything from how you feel inside to the value that you bring to the table as far as money or leverage or anything like that, but you define your value. You and you alone define your value. And one thing I really want you to understand is that people will think what you tell them to think. And you want to make sure that you are communicating to these people that you are powerful, that you are the one who's in control. Okay. So that's number one is make sure that you have a powerful, powerful mindset. The second thing that you should never, ever, ever even think about negotiating without is having all of your arguments ready to go, having your research done, having your leverage ready to go. If you don't have all of your arguments ready and your research done and research on your side, by the way, and also researching as if you are the other person, because you want to make sure that you are anticipating what it is that they are going to say. So you do your research on your side, and then you also do your risk assessment. You need to make sure, is this an argument I really want to make? Or how much research do I really need to to do? And how much money do I want to spend researching? In other words, a lot of times people think, that narcissists are hiding assets or hiding money. And a lot of times they do. And if you want to know more about what, how narcissists hide money or assets, check out my video on what kinds of financial tricks narcissists play, especially in divorce. I have a whole video on that. 
but they a lot of times do hide money or maybe you're hi, are hiding income or maybe they're paid in cash or something like that. So you need to kind of do some risk assessment on that by saying, okay, do I want to hire a forensic accountant? Do I want to hire somebody who can maybe find assets for me? There's guys out there that I know that can find assets even in other countries. But, you know, sometimes you have, I mean, they're expensive sometimes. And sometimes, you know, you have to think about how much money do I want to spend? How much money do I really think is out there? You know, you don't want to spend a few thousand to get back a few thousand. If you're going to spend a few thousand, you want to get back, you know, 50 grand or a hundred grand, right? So do your risk assessment and making sure that you um, are prepared. So that's the next thing. And the next thing is never, ever, ever negotiate without being ready to anticipate the types of emotional triggers that you're going to have. So if you're really, really feeling powerless and you're really, really feeling like the other person is going to have the upper hand on you, then you want to make sure that you are going to be ready for that. And definitely check out my video too on negotiating with someone when you think that they're more powerful than you, because I offer lots and lots more tips on that and just making sure that you come across super, super powerful. So you want to have all of your arguments ready to go. So the next thing that you want to have ready before you even walk into that room is what your first offer is going to be and also what your choke point is going to be. You want to make sure that you have your walk away point because when you get into that room, you are definitely going going to be triggered, especially when you're dealing with the narcissist because they want to take you down. That's their goal. They don't want to settle this. Remember, they're getting narcissistic supply from making you squirm and making you miserable. That's why they constantly move goalposts. And you should definitely check out my video on why narcissists move goalposts too. But they don't want to come to a, a, an agreement. They like making you squirm. So you will definitely be triggered. So before you even walk into the room, one of the most important things you have is knowing what your best offer is and what your last offer is going to be. What's your choke point? What's your walk away point? I actually had a, cl a client one time who said, uh, you know, they called it their vomit point. Like that's the part, that's, that's the point at which I throw throw up and walk away. But whatever you want to call it, what's your bottom line? What's the point at which you go, this is it. I'm not negotiating anymore. And it's so important that you come up with all of these things before you walk into the room, because that day will be an emotional day. All right. So never, ever, ever negotiate without being fully prepared, knowing what your first offer is going to be, knowing what your walk away point is going to be and then sticking to that. So let's talk about this Brene Brown and her epic advice for negotiating. And it definitely works with narcissists too. So she was referring to a book called Braving the Wilderness. And here's what she said. She said, don't walk through the world looking for evidence that you don't belong because you will find it. Don't walk through the world looking for evidence 
that you're not enough. Because once again, you will find it. Our worth and our belonging are not negotiated with other people. They should never be negotiated with other people. We carry those inside of our hearts. That is who we are. And so she went on to say, I know who I am. I'm clear about that. And I'm not negotiating that with you. That's not something that can be negotiated. That's like hard stop right there. Zero tolerance policy. And she went on to say, uh, I will negotiate a contract with you. I may even negotiate an issue with you or a topic with you, but I'm not going to negotiate who I am with you. And she said, because if I do that, I may fit in for you. It may work out for you, but I'm no longer belonging to myself. And she's really referring to having integrity around who she is for herself. And that is a betrayal I'm not willing to to do, betraying myself. And it really comes down, I always joke, but people know, people in my inner circle, they know that I'm not joking, that integrity is my love language. Because without integrity, nothing works. And so you have to have integrity, not only with how you act and show up in the world and doing what you say you're going to do and all of those things, but also integrity to yourself and who you actually are going to be with yourself. And for any of you who listen to the podcast version of my, um, my interviews, you know that right in my introduction, I actually say, you know, negotiating isn't just something that we do like for a car, for a pay raise or for a house or uh, a divorce or whatever it is. Negotiating is something that we're doing all day long. And sometimes we're even negotiating with our own self for our own self-worth and we're negotiating within our head and trying to show up for ourselves in the form of the person that we want to believe that we are. And so when you go to negotiate with a person and you start negotiating things like that really kind of become like your internal value, then that's just not okay. And let me just explain to you what I mean by the difference between internal value and external value, okay? So we all want to feel seen, heard, and valued as human beings. That's part of the human experience. That doesn't make you a narcissist. That makes you a human, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. And so as a human being, things we come into the world as babies and we feel pretty good about ourselves, right? I mean... We just are there and it's all good. And as long as, you know, we get fed and our diapers get changed, we pretty much feel like we belong here. It's not until the world starts eroding at us and working on us and we start getting tossed about in the ocean for quite a bit and beat up that we start to draw conclusions and go, well, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe this isn't, I don't belong here or whatever. And so that's where our internal value starts to get eroded. And what I want you to know is that your internal value is whole and complete, that you were meant to be here, that there's not another you on the planet. 
And not only that, there never has been another you and there never will be another you. Like, and, you know, the chances of those bajillion sperm, like, you know, finding that one egg and, and fertilizing that egg is like, so it's, it's like, it's a kind of like a miracle that any of us are here in a lot of ways. So you're totally meant to be here. You are a gift. You are a gift from the universe. Your soul chose to come here and you're meant to be here. And so you you have inherent value and that can never be negotiated ever. Okay. Uh, what is more difficult to understand sometimes is the different difference between internal value and external value. And what I mean by external value is in the world, if you are negotiating for anything with regard to your career or your house, whatever it is, there is a set value or there might be a range of value. So if you are a software engineer, for example, how much you can be paid as a software engineer might be different depending on your background, your experience, your education, any certifications you have, the types of uh, companies you've worked for, the geographical area in which you live, the size of the company that you're looking at. There's lots of different things that can be looked at that come up with a range of what is a generally acceptable salary for a software engineer. Okay. That's your external value. And that's really, really uh, different. But what happens with narcissists is they, they constantly are testing you. They're constantly testing to, to, you know, do you have value or do you not have value? And they try to weaken you so, and destabilize you so that you don't feel like you have any value internally or externally. And that's a tactic that they use in order to gain control over you. And if you want to know about how narcissists test you, definitely check out my video on how narcissists test their victims, but that's definitely one of the ways. So how you show up for yourself in these conversations is not just a thing, it's kind of like everything. I mean, you need to show up for yourself and you need to have integrity about that. Like if you decide that you're going to show up for yourself, you got to show up for yourself. And here's another little piece of advice I'm going to give you. And this was one of the things that was something that I learned a long time ago when I was negotiating something. And that is that people will think what you tell them to think. And let me tell you, these narcissists, they smell blood in the water. So if they sense that fear, if they sense that you're uncertain, if they sense that you're intimidated by them at all, number one, they know. And number two, they get supply from it. And number three, you're not going to get what you want by doing that. So the first thing you need to do is like disengage, feel your own value, know that you're, you are worthy and Going back to the Brene conversation, I'll negotiate my pay with you. I'll negotiate a contract with you. I'll negotiate this house with you. I'll negotiate the divorce settlement terms with you. I'm not negotiating for my self-worth or who I am or who I'm showing up to be in this negotiation. 
If you want to uh, personally attack me, if you want to try to uh, gaslight me, belittle me, project your problems onto me, any of those things, not negotiable. We don't have to have this conversation right now. And you don't even have to be disagreeable. You can just say, I understand. I can see that you're upset. I can, I, I, I see that, you know, you uh, are um, unhappy with the way things are going. Fine. We can have this conversation when you're ready to have it with me, when you can be respectful. Because you define how people will treat you. No one else will. Only you. So how do you create leverage over narcissists? So first of all, let's talk about what a narcissist is. A narcissist is a person that has no inner sense of value and has to get all of their value from the external world through what we call a concept of narcissistic supply. And if you want to know more about narcissistic supply, definitely check out my video on that topic. And this person also has no sense of care or compassion for other people. So no problem stepping on people, no problem, you know, collateral damage, getting people uh, on, you know, stepping on them on the way up and hurting them to get where they want to go. So, or using people for, for their own gain, that sort of thing. So that's what a narcissist is. Okay. So now, uh, in the workplace, you're going to find them in all different areas because they estimate that at least one in 10 people has narcissistic traits or lacks the ability to have empathy or actually is a narcissist. I've actually heard statistics recently that it's actually as high as 16%. So there's a huge number of people that have these traits, unfortunately. So you will encounter them in the workplace and you will encounter them when you are negotiating with them as well, either as potential clients or vendors or buyers or sellers. It could be your boss. It could be an employee. It could be a coworker, a colleague. Really, it doesn't matter, but it can help. It, it can It can slow down your career. You can actually lose deals. So if you can learn how to negotiate with these people from a place of strength, from a position of confidence, from a position of power, then it will actually increase your bottom line, increase your performance. You will close more deals and your life will be a heck of a lot more peaceful. So let's talk about now the basics of negotiating in general. So I wrote a book called Negotiate Like You Matter. Matter is the acronym for how to negotiate. And the reason I call it that is because, yes, all people want to feel seen, heard, and know that they matter. But narcissists are that on steroids. They, like, they, they want to make sure that the only person who feels like they matter, they don't care about you. So the acronym is MATTER, and the first letter is M, and that stands for my value is defined by me. All people want to feel seen, heard, and know that they matter. You are the one that has to define how you matter. You are the one that has to define how you show up, what people think of you. People will think what you tell them to think. It's one of the best lessons I've ever learned. So you have to 
demonstrate that by demonstrating your confidence, your abilities, and the value that you bring to the negotiations. Narcissists will respect you a hell of a lot more if you are strong. And that is one way you can definitely get leverage over them. The next thing is A. And A stands for anticipate the arguments, analyze your research, and that's how you also start to create leverage. T stands for tackling hard issues second, meaning start with the areas that you might agree and then work toward the more contested areas. By having some sort of rapport, it will definitely help you, especially with narcissists. You can't just go right in and say, hey, you're a narcissist and you can't have anything. You will never get anywhere with that. So if you want to start to create more leverage over them, get them to trust you a little bit. Okay, and if you want to know more about that, you should definitely check out some of my interviews that I've done, like with John D. Martini and Bob Proctor. They have great, great advice on all of that. Okay, so the next T stands for dressing to a T, meaning feel confident, wear colors that make you feel more confident. I have a whole video on clothing color psychology and negotiations. You can definitely check that out. But wear things that make you feel like a million bucks that make you feel powerful. Really, really important. E stands for keeping the emotion out of it. So, so important. I have a video with Judge Lynn Toller where she talks about how to keep the emotions out of it, how to just sort of start looking at the negotiation almost as a game or almost as like a third party observer. Really, really great advice. And the next letter is R, which stands for record agreements in writing. That's another great way to have leverage over narcissists is to make sure you hold them to their word. And remember that the best leverage over narcissists has to do with narcissistic supply because supply is what they feed off of. Supply is their food, their lifeblood, their oxygen. And so they have what I call diamond level supply, which is anything that makes them look good, how they look to the world, that people respect them, that they're adulated, that they people think that they're amazing and wonderful. That's diamond level supply. What I call coal level supply or the supply that just kind of burns and, and gives them energy, but it's not like the, the best is the supply that they get from jerking you around and making you miserable, especially in negotiations. So the best leverage is one that threatens a source of diamond level supply and makes them think that they have to protect that. And so therefore letting you go is going to be more attractive than continuing to get supply out of you by making you miserable. So I have a whole lot more on this in my free webinar, which is called uh, Create Leverage Over Narcissists in Business with my three-step magic bullet formula. So I have actually a three-step magic bullet formula that I uh, outline for you in a longer form, in a webinar form. It's totally free. I would love to have you come join me on it. The link is below. So just sign up, come spend the time with me. I'll be there live out answering your questions as well. And we can have a whole discussion about the kinds of things that you're actually dealing with. So come join me on my free live webinar. I would love to see you there. So let's talk about sneaky 
secrets that you can use in any negotiation, but especially against narcissists. And what I say is, if you can negotiate against narcissists, you can negotiate against anyone. And the bottom line is, when you're negotiating, all people want to feel like they've come away with some value. The thing is, no one's going to settle for their worst day. All people want to feel seen, heard, and acknowledged. And that's why my book, Negotiate Like You Matter, is called Negotiate Like You Matter. And matter is actually the acronym for my methodology in that book. And M stands for my value is defined by me. Because you and you alone define your value. And value can be internal or external, meaning that you have internal value, which is whole and complete and fixed. You know, we are all valuable as human beings. And then there's the external value, which is kind of defined by the market and all that sort of thing, you know, based on your skills and how much experience you have and all that sort of thing. But as human beings, we are all intrinsically valuable. But there are certain sneaky negotiation secrets that we can use to kind of win any negotiation based on just how you approach a negotiation so that everybody feels like they're getting somewhere. Because if you want to get somewhere, you want to make sure that everybody is being acknowledged. So just Thinking of it from that perspective, and especially when you're dealing with narcissists, because remember, they don't have any internal sense of value. They don't have that internal feeling that they have. They're trying to constantly layer it from the external. So you got to think about that as well. All right. So number one, number one is start with areas where you might agree and then work toward those more contested areas, the ones that are more hotly contested. And and the reason why you do that is because that way you feel like you're you've got some common ground. That way you feel like you're building some momentum, like you're getting somewhere. Okay, you know, we we've already agreed on these things. Look, you know, burn the bridge already. Why throw the whole thing away? Look, look at how much we've we've already gained. A lot of times, like it's oh wow, we 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 we've already agreed on 99% of everything. It's just these last couple of things, you know, why why blow the whole deal on just these last couple of things? So you pretty much can like wrap it up because you, you've agreed on most everything else. So you start with areas of agreement, then you work up toward the more hotly contested areas. Okay, because that way you, you feel like you've gained a lot of ground, right? So that's number one. Number two is you let the other person start with the first offer. Sometimes that's a way of letting them feel like they've got some control, especially when you're dealing with narcissists, where you're dealing with somebody who is a more toxic or more volatile personality. It gives them some feeling like they got somewhere right out of the gate. And a lot of times, actually, it helps you because you get to see where they're coming from. You get to see what's most important to them. So you get to see where their cards are. 
It educates you. Honestly, it, it helps you. So let the other person start with the first offer. So that's number two. Let the other person start with the first offer. Let them have some control right out of the gate. That's number two. Number three is start with a whole lot more than you actually want. Now, this is kind of a tricky one though, because you also don't want to start with so much more that the other person goes, I'm out of here. That's ridiculous. If it's so offensive that the other person just thinks they're just wasting my time and they they just are out of there, then you've totally blown the deal. So you have to be careful about how much a lot more is. I mean, obviously you want to ask for more than what you want, especially because sometimes people really do have to be beat up by the process. I think this is tough for people sometimes. You know, they think, well, I'm just going to be reasonable right out of the gate. I, I just want to be done with this thing. Let me just show them that I'm being reasonable. Let me just show them that I'm giving up all this. And, and if I give up all of this right away, they're going to see how much I'm giving up. They're going to see how reasonable I am. And a lot of times, if you're dealing with a narcissist, they just take, take, take. And, and that just gets taken. And they don't acknowledge that. And they just want you know, to keep going with that. And and that just got gets shoved to the side and not even acknowledged at all. And you you end up feeling frustrated and taken advantage of. I would just be very, very careful about that. I do have another whole video on psychological tricks to win any negotiation, especially against narcissists. And I would definitely check out my video on that. Number four is throw them off the scent of what you actually want. And especially with narcissists, because if you tell them what you actually want, they will definitely go directly for that. And especially just to get back at you. And again, you know, check out my video on the psychological tricks to win any negotiation. So be careful about that. You know, the bottom line is sometimes you just have to take your ego out of it, you know, because they do just want to get back at you. And the thing is, you just want to get to a resolution. You just want to get to yes. If you are a reasonable person, narcissists just want to jerk you around. They don't necessarily want to just get to yes. They just want to continue to manipulate you and see you squirm. If you're a reasonable person, you just want to get to yes. You just want to get this thing done. You just want to get to where you want to go. You just want to get to your goal. Winning is the the goal, right? Or or get to your wherever it is you want to go so that you can move on with your life, right? So you want to get to yes. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, 
or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash bestlife to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bestlife. Did you know that Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take 20,000 breaths a day? But according to the EPA, it's two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and it's sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. I know for us and our family, our family has struggled with allergies to dust mites and mold and all sorts of things, and that's why we have loved using an air purifier and air doctor has been amazing for us and it has captured the attention of media outlets such as cnn money abc and more and it filters out 99.9 percent of dangerous contaminants such as allergens and pollen and pet dander and all sorts of bacteria and viruses so that your lungs don't have to And it's super quiet and much more quiet than other ordinary air purifiers. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use your promo code, yourbestlife. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code YourBestLife. Okay. And the last thing is mirror their emotional body language so that they feel seen, heard, and valued. You know, if they're feeling warm and, and they're they're kind of on the table and down like this and listening to you, you can do that too. If they're back like this and up and this way, you can do that too. Because when when you kind of act the same way as somebody else and talking sort of similar to somebody else, they can feel that. They can psychologically feel that. And people want to be with people that are like them. And they feel more comfortable with people that are like them. And so when you're mirroring people's emotions and their body language, then they subliminally and psychologically feel more comfortable and they actually start to feel more like, oh, you know, I feel like we're in agreement. I feel comfortable with this person and they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel acknowledged, they feel valued and they feel more comfortable in coming to a resolution and agreement with you, which is what it is that you want. And remember, of course, if you do come to an agreement to get it in writing, some kind of a writing, 
some kind of way of documenting that deal. Super, super important. So that's what I got for you. Sneaky negotiation secrets that you can use to win any negotiation. So you're getting ready to go into a negotiation. You're wondering what should you say? What should you not say? What should you definitely stay away from? And believe me, there are certain phrases that you definitely do not want to say. So number one, number one is I'm giving this an hour or I'm giving this 30 minutes and then I'm out of here. So you don't want to start off with like, you're giving us some time frame that puts everybody on edge right away. Um, and, and now everybody thinks they need to hurry up or whatever. That's definitely a narcissist move, by the way. I've seen narcissists do that a lot. Um, where they come in and they start throwing around like, I'm only staying this long or I'm only staying that long and that's it. And then I'm out of here because they want everybody to be on edge right away. They want everybody to be like scurrying and scrambling and trying to hurry up to try to get things done. And they want to try to control the process. They want people to be afraid, nervous about what's going to happen or whatever. So Um, it is definitely not something that's highly recommended, especially when you want to resolve your issues. Um, and especially if you are dealing with a narcissist, because that's not going to help them. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help them want to work with you. Okay. So don't start off with, I'm only staying for X amount of time. Um, that will definitely put somebody on edge. So, you know, the purpose of these phrases and this video today is to let you know what kinds of things you want to stay away from saying because you want to try to actually get something done. If you actually want to get somewhere with your negotiation, then you want to try to avoid using these phrases. Okay. So another one that you definitely want to stay away from is something like, this is my final offer. Take it or leave it. This is it especially if you're early on in the process. Now, if you're down the road, y'all have been sitting there for hours and hours and hours, and you've already been back and forth. You already know what your choke point is. You've done your risk assessment. By the way, if you want to know all the things that I'm talking about, grab my free Crush My Negotiation Prep Worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. That will help you do all of these things. But you've already figured out what your best case scenario is, what your worst case scenario is, what your choke point is, what your walkaway point is, which are those are the same. Um, And you've, you've gone, okay, now this is my final offer. Fine. But you don't walk in and start off at the beginning going, this is the deal, take it or leave it. If you don't take it, I'm out of here. Because that's not going to, nobody's taking that. I mean, you know, even if it's a deal that you want, just imagine that it's presented to you in that way. You're going to go, oh, no, because, you know, you're kind of acting like a jackass, right? So you don't, you don't want to do that. So if you want something to actually be done, you actually want something to be considered where you can actually maybe get some, you know, ground in this thing and gain uh, something out of it, then you don't start off with, here's the deal, take it or leave it, right? Okay, so the next word that you never want to say straight up in a negotiation is no. 
because that's not going to help either. When you're dealing with a narcissist, especially, they hate the word no. Uh, and by the way, you should also check out my video on words narcissists hate. And definitely no is one of them, even if it is a no. I mean, you might want to just say, I'll consider it. Uh, what's your reasoning for this uh, this offer. It's always good to know what their reasoning is behind the offer. You know, why is it that they're offering this? Get them to talk a little bit because one of the things that is really important to know is that even if you don't settle in mediation or in the negotiation or in arbitration or whatever it is that you're in, in that particular conversation and you don't have a resolution, it's a great way to get information. It's a great information gathering time. So get them to tell you more about it. Why is it that you think that this is a good deal? Why is it that you think that I should take this? What supporting documentation do you have? Uh, what arguments are you going to be using down the road if we don't settle this now? Um, why do you think that it would be a good deal for me? Um, and why is it a good deal for you? Why is it that you want this deal? You know, ask more questions rather than just say no, straight up off the bat. Because if you just say no, you're just going to piss them off. You're going to annoy them. They're going to get up. They're going to walk away. And then you've lost the opportunity, even if your answer is straight up no, to get more information and gather more um documentation that you could potentially use. And, and you know, by the way, if they start giving you all of their arguments and all of their documentation, then the next time you go to sit down for a conversation, you know exactly how to refute that. You know exactly what research you need to do so that you can be prepared for whatever the next meeting is, if there is going to be one. So don't just say no straight up off the bat for a number of reasons. One being that you're not going to get anywhere with that. And second, you're actually losing an opportunity for yourself to gain more information. The next one is never use any kind of a devaluation or any kind of a slur or even using any kind of like tone where you're like, yeah, I know that this is what you want, but you're not getting it or, um, or that's ridiculous and that's never going to happen. That's actually another good phrase never to use, which is that's never going to happen. Uh, because that's, you know, again, you don't want to put people in a situation where they're immediately put off, where they immediately are just like, uh, why am I having this conversation? Let me just get up. Let me just leave right now. You want to hold them there. You want to them to have a conversation with you. Uh, and, and so the longer that you can be in conversation with each other, the more rapport that you can build. And so in building a rapport, you definitely don't want to be uh, slurring the people. Certainly don't use any kind of racial slurs, any kind of gender slurs, anything against religion or uh, uh, anything about the person as a human being. You know, you really never want to get personal when it comes to negotiating. You don't want to say, you know, something about, you know, like your mom is an alcoholic or something like, you know, Eddie Murphy with uh, the ice cream man thing. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't want to say things like that, right? Um, it, clearly that's off, way off topic and way, um, 
so far afield and we'll just inflame, inflame the situation and cause the person to go, well, I'm never having any kind of conversation with you. Uh, and, and maybe you're fine with that. You know, I mean, obviously you want to know before you go into the room where your parameters are and what your walk away point is. But if you're in conversation with this person, then that means that you do want something from them. And you have to remember that all people want to feel seen, heard, and valued. All people want to know that they matter in some way. And that's why my book is called Negotiate Like You Matter. And the acronym, it matters actually the acronym for how to negotiate because all people want to feel that they matter. Now, obviously, if you're dealing with a, a narcissist, it's like heightened by a gazillion because they, they have to be the focal point and, you know, they really want to know that they matter. But, um, you, you always need to make sure that you're providing value for value. Nobody's going to settle for their worst day. You know, remember your best day is probably the other side's worst day. And nobody's going to have a conversation when it, it means that they're settling for their worst possible scenario. So, you know, deciding ahead of time what it is that you're going to give up will really be helpful. Now, when you're dealing with a narcissist, you might kind of like use a decoy and, and act like the thing that you're giving up is the thing you really wanted when it's really something you were going to be willing to give up in the first place. You kind of have to ethically manipulate the manipulator a little bit. Um, and if you want to know more about that, check out my video on manipulating the narcissist. Uh, because that's something you definitely have to do when you are dealing with a narcissist. The point of all of this is you don't want to use any kind of language that's going to cause the person to immediately go, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm not having this conversation because you're putting them on edge right away. I mean, even when you go to tackle the issues, you know, one of the T's in my matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, is tackle hard issues second, meaning start with areas where you might agree and then work toward the more contested issues because then you're building a rapport. You're building a situation where you feel like the momentum is going. You're actually covering ground. You're making headway. And so any kind of languaging that is going to make the other person feel like they're, they've been insulted like they're being controlled, like they're not being respected, like they're not being heard, that they don't feel valued, is not going to be helpful to the resolution process. And if resolution and coming to an agreement is what it is that you want, then staying away from those particular words will help you and it will go a long way. If you're paralyzed in negotiation conversations and you're just not sure what to say, maybe you're afraid of rejection, I have a simple six-step foolproof method that will allow you to feel confident and powerful when you go into your negotiations. I've proven this method with thousands of clients and now it's your turn to be in on the secrets. In order to win, both sides need to feel seen, heard, and feel like they matter. So your acronym is MATTER. You want to negotiate like you matter. M-A-T-T-E-R. M stands for my value. My value is defined by me. 
The negotiation process is an inside-out process, meaning you start with the internal parts of yourself, and then you work outward toward preparation for that big day or that big conversation. So I always say that 80% of the negotiation happens before you even walk into the room. You start internally. Your value is defined by you. And I want to make sure that you understand that there is a difference between your internal value, which is whole and complete and inherent and infinite, and your external value, which I'll get into a little bit more in step two. But just for now, remember that step one is my value is defined by me, or as I like to say, you and you alone define your value. And remember that people will think what you tell them to think. So you need to communicate to them that you are valuable. Step two is A, which is analyze your research and create your arguments and your leverage. This is the next layer out. So remember, the first layer is your internal value. The second layer out is now you're going to build your external value. So this is going to be where you you do your research, you create your arguments, you look at ways to create leverage. You're going to start figuring out what the other side's pain points are, what's going to motivate them. What, what is it that is going to get them to want to come to the table and have a conversation with you? And this is especially important to determine what the other side's arguments are going to be because you're going to want to be ready to either speak to them or refute them, especially if the person is a narcissist. And that's a whole special category of their own. And if you are going to be dealing with somebody who is a narcissist or you are dealing with someone who's a narcissist, I would encourage you to watch my other video, which I specifically uh, spoke to how to deal with a narcissist. And I'll go ahead and put the link to that below the video here. But step two is analyze your research and create your arguments and your leverage. That's what the A is. Next up, step three, which is the T. Step three is T. Remember, we're using the word matter as an acronym. So M-A-T. T stands for dress to a T and then use powerful body language and words. Your clothes, the things that you wear, actually has a psychological impact on your brain. There's scientific proof that if you wear clothes that make you feel like a million bucks, that you will feel more confident and more powerful. So make sure you put on that power suit or you wear that power dress or whatever it is that makes you feel amazing because that's going to be important. The other thing is colors. So you want to wear certain colors that will communicate psychological message to the other person. But you want to make sure that you're doing things like a chin grab or a steepling, things like that, that make you feel, that you make you look and seem more powerful. And you also want to read the other person's body language and make sure that you're reading it correctly as well. So step number three was T, dress to a T and use powerful body language and words. We are halfway there. The next thing is step four. And step four is the next T which is tackle the heart issue second. 
Or the other way that I like to put it is start with areas that you might agree on and then work toward the more contested issues. Because you want to build momentum. You want to build a feeling of trust. You want the other person to start feeling like you value them. And I say this, even if you hate the other person's guts, even if you despise them and you detest every hair on their head, If you are having a conversation with them, then obviously there's something that you want from the other person. So if you want to get what you want, then you've got to acknowledge the other side and make them feel like they matter. So you're going to start with areas where you might agree so you feel like you get that momentum going. And by the way, this is where you might pull out your leverage because once you create that leverage, you want to use it at the very specific time that it's going to be optimum for you. And so here is where you may want to pull out what your leverage is. If, by the way, you are specifically going through a divorce and you're watching this video, I do have a a different video just specifically on how to create leverage in divorce. And I will drop a link to that below as well. So make sure you check that out if that's your situation. So just remember that the second T in M-A-T-T-E-R stands for tackle the hard issues second. Next up is step five. Step five is E. Keep your emotions in check. That's what E stands for. You're going to want to maintain control. It doesn't mean that you can't be passionate about your positions or your arguments, but by doing the work of the MATT coming before you, which means you've done your research, you've created your value internally, externally, you've done your preparations, you're going to be ready and your emotions will stay much more in check. The only reason why they go skidding out of control is when you feel like, you're not really sure what it is that you're talking about or that the other side isn't acknowledging you. But if you know your internal value, you don't have to worry about that as much. So E is keep your emotions in check. And we made it. Step six. The last step is your R in matter. And R stands for, drum roll please, record your agreements in writing. This doesn't mean it has to be a formal contract, no signing in blood or anything like that. It can just be a follow-up text or email that says, hey, thanks for speaking with me, and here's what we agreed upon, or here's what we discussed. That way, you eliminate any misunderstandings right away. So, negotiate like you matter, M-A-T-T-E-R. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zong. The fun is the intimidation factor. Part of the fun is watching you squirm. Part of the fun is like, it's kind of like that nasty kid who just like takes the earthworm and like wants to pick at it and watch it kind of squirm, put pins in it and watch, see what happens to it. Like that, that's kind of the fun of it for them. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life? Whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets, and so that you can finally take back your power and break free from 
from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to Break Free from Hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break free. Break free from hell and let's do this. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking about it. I was thinking about it in the morning and during the day and and brushing my teeth and all of this stuff. And it just, it takes all of your energy and you don't even realize what's going on. It really causes this massive amount of fatigue and stress on your body. And so you have this chronic fatigue going on and you don't even realize how tired you are until you start to recover from it. And now we return to today's show. Okay, so let's talk about how to look confident as hell in any situation. And by the way, why would you not want to be confident in any situation? Because showing up as being confident gets you absolutely everywhere. And I'll tell you something, my dad, who was actually Chinese and he came over here when he was 15 years old from China, he worked his way up. They had nothing. He actually ended up going to Columbia Medical School. He became a doctor. And he used to say, whatever you say, say it with authority and people will believe you. And I now have listened to Tony Robbins and people like that. And Tony has said, like, whoever speaks more confidently, that's the person who gets what they want in a conversation. So true. You have to say things with authority. You have to show up as confident. And, you know, I've now seen motivational speakers talk about how confidence is a habit, which is definitely true. I talk about how I just, I never leave my thoughts unsupervised because you have to constantly be working on being that confident version of yourself because it's not always easy. People, are always there to try to knock you off your game, including yourself. I say that negotiation is something that you're always working on. And sometimes the first negotiation that you're doing is with your own self-worth. So almost all of it is right here. But the person who shows up the most confident in a negotiation is often the one who gets what they want. And people will think what you tell them to think. So it is really, really important for you to show up as the most confident version of yourself. 99% of winning a negotiation is you, your mindset, and how you show up. So this is almost one of the most important videos to watch when it comes to winning a negotiation. Okay, so number five is clothing choice. And clothing choice I love because there's all kinds of psychology around wearing things that make you feel powerful, wearing things that make you feel like a million bucks. You know how you feel when you put on that power suit or that power dress, whatever it is that makes you feel like, mm, 
you know, really good, that makes you feel beautiful, that makes you feel amazing, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel like the Adonis or that power suit, right, for for the guys. So wear something that makes you show up feeling powerful, okay? That's number five. Number four is color choice. Many, you know, months ago when I first started doing YouTube, I actually did a whole video on clothing color and psychology, super old, but you can definitely go take that video out if you'd like. But, you know, there's actually a whole psychology around what color to wear. So color choice is something that you can figure out as well. But, you know, red can sometimes mean danger. Black is definitely powerful, but blue is a color of trust. Green is a color of trust. Those are good colors. Yellow can sometimes mean weakness. You know, white usually means like a good thing sometimes too, you know. So you can definitely figure out what colors to wear as well. Number three, power poses. You know, I mean, reading other people's body language, looking at your own body language, but power poses, you know, being open, having your arm draped out across the chair. Sometimes this can be a good power pose. Sometimes it can look like your clothes, but sometimes it could be a good power pose. Steepling can look powerful. So I have a whole video on reading narcissist body language, by the way, which you can definitely check that out as well. Number two, word choices. Be very careful about the choice of words that you use. Don't say, I'm sorry, or you don't have to, or, you know, that's a weak ass language. Get that out of your languaging. I'm okay if you don't, or I'm sorry, or be very, very careful about using weak ass language. You know, you got to think to yourself, I'm, I'm unstoppable. I mean, I remember hearing Tony Robbins, I think it was, talk about how when he was first starting and really like pumping himself up, he used to go running and he would like the whole entire time that he was running, he'd like say to himself, I'm fucking unstoppable, I'm fucking unstoppable the whole entire time. And by the time he was done running, he would like just that, like that was like burned in his brain. So why don't you just start thinking that and start burning that in your brain right now? I'm unstoppable, okay? That's your mantra for today. I'm unstoppable. All right. So that's number two. And number one, what do you think number one is? What do you think I think number one is? I kind of gave you a clue at the beginning of this video. Mm-hmm. Number one is definitely your mindset. I know I fight with it too sometimes. We all do. That's why I never leave my thoughts unsupervised, you know, because mm, you have to, you know, remember that your input equals your output. So, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? It means when I'm by myself, when I'm driving in my car, when I'm brushing my teeth, getting ready in the morning, when I'm making dinner, walking my dog, whatever, I'm listening to something that's going to be good for my input so that my output is good. I'm listening to an audio book. I'm listening to a YouTube video. I'm listening to whatever it needs to be so that... I am constantly training my thoughts. I'm constantly keeping my energy level where it needs to be. I'm really, really, really attuned to vibrational energy. And I'm really, really attuned to who gets to be 
in my space? Who gets to be around me? No narcissists in my zone anymore. Already had that. I had to deal with one as a business partner that really super sucked, really super sucked. And, you know, how to get that person out. I have a friend who says, no icky people under the tent. Yeah. I, I defend my light with my life. Your mindset is super important. You have to keep your vibrational energy super high. That's what's going to help you look confident as hell in negotiations and any time in your life. Confidence is a habit. It is something you have to work on at all times and you have to remember and you have to remind yourself that you are unstoppable. I'm gonna give you five fatal mistakes to avoid when negotiating with narcissists. I have been there in the trenches. I've actually seen people make these mistakes. I've had clients make these mistakes over and over and over again. I want to help you not make those same mistakes to maybe some of you have already made them, but if you have, then you can maybe correct them. All right, number one, let's dive in. Number one is don't believe them when they say they want to resolve things amicably. Okay. Now, let me tell you first of all, if this is a person that you have had a long term relationship with, whether it's a a marriage or a business partnership, or they've been your boss or your colleague or whatever it is. And they've been somebody that has been proven to you as a liar, as a person who's made your life miserable. You know that they lie all over the place to everybody on the planet. And then they come to you and they say, listen, we want to resolve this amicably. Let's not make this a prolonged, protracted experience. Let's just come to a resolution. Why? Why would they be telling the truth now at this point in time when they know that everything is on the line, when they know that you are now no longer for them at all. At least at one point you were maybe for them, but now they definitely know that you are not. They're not. They're they're not going to resolve things amicably. They are totally lying now at this point. So what they're trying to what this is code for, what this is code for is I am going to try to get you to agree to a whole bunch of stuff up front. And I'm going to definitely not going to agree to anything, but I'm going to trick you into something. And then down the road, you're going to be held to all of this. You know, that's my number two, by the way, is never agree to anything too early. Never agree to anything too early and early on in the process because they will definitely hold you to it. They're going to hold you to all those agreements that you agree to at the beginning, even if they were verbal, they're going to try to hold you to them. Well, you said this and you said that, and they're going to be held to nothing. They're going to say, oh no, that was only something that I was going to do if you know the moon was made of green cheese or whatever. I mean, obviously I'm just making that up, but you know, they're going to come up with 
all sorts of other conditions, or they're going to just say, that I know is not what I said, or I didn't say it like that, or if that was going to happen, you know, they'll just make up all sorts of things at that time because they'll just say whatever they want. Because, you know, oh, let me think, they're narcissists. So they're going to do, say, whatever they want. They're going to continue to be how they are. And you're going to be over there going, what, 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 what? I can't believe this. And they said they were going to resolve this early. And, you know, you went along thinking that you were going to resolve it early. And, and, and here you thought, well, they're going to see how nice I am. They're going to see how generous I am. If I give things, you know, early, maybe it'll garner some favor with them in some way. You know, they'll want to resolve things early. No, no. No, it doesn't. It does not. They just take it all. They see it as things that they were entitled to in the first place. And then they don't, they don't give anything in return, nor do they see it as an acknowledgement of something good that you did. So when you do that, it just takes your leverage. And so it's a massive, huge, fatal mistake to number one, believe them early on when they say they want to resolve things amicably. They remember, they enjoy the process of watching you squirm. They enjoy the process of moving the goalposts. They enjoy the process of the game playing. So when they resolve things amicably, it robs them of all of that. So yes, while they say they want to resolve things amicably, they most certainly do not. So don't get lulled into this whole thing that they want to be nice, that you know, it's going to be a collaborative approach or that you only need one lawyer or that you don't need lawyers at all. You know, all of those kinds of things are just tricks. So I would definitely don't do that. So those are two of the five fatal mistakes to avoid when negotiating with narcissists. Then number three is don't take the emotional bait. Don't take the emotional bait when you are negotiating with them because the once they kind of start to see that you're not going along with the plan of, oh, you know, we're going to resolve things amicably and you're just going to eat into, play into their hands of handing them over all sorts of stuff early on, you know, while they play hide the ball, then things are going to start to happen. The gloves are going to come off and they're going to start, the smear campaign is going to be out in the open. Well, now they're going to try to start baiting you. They're going to start to try to make you look crazy. They're going to start to sprinkle these things out there with people to make it look like you're the one who was the instigator of all the problems, or they'll send over text messages or letters or emails, or maybe it's even in person or whatever, to get you to be triggered so that you will 
respond accordingly. And while they sit back and look calm, cool, and collected, so you are the one who goes nuts and they record it, they video it, they have witnesses, they have all sorts of people or, or ways that becomes something that can be used down the road somewhere, somehow. And I know you're sitting there thinking, well, they can't use video in court or they can't use audio in court or whatever. Mm-mm-mm, that's not true. I mean, there are definitely ways that these things end up making their little way into the hands of people that make decisions such as guardians ad litem or custody evaluators or you know people like that or judges get end up hearing things you know what it would call in camera like in chambers because you know it becomes something that's of urgent need to hear because the child might be in danger so motions get filed that you know you need to hear this your honor or whatever i mean so you're going to end up being in a situation that you may not want to be in if you think you're going to rely on, oh, well, that can't be heard, right? So just don't put yourself into a a position where something is out there that you don't want heard or you don't want seen. And remember, everything you put your hand to is a potential trial exhibit. So everything you write, everything that you hit send to, everything you post in social media, you know, anything you author is a potential exhibit or, you know, it can be something that comes up in a negotiation or whatever. I mean, you, you sometimes you just don't want these things out there. You don't want them exposed. You don't want it to get in front of a potential client or a potential employer or a potential the press or whatever. I mean, you know, so be careful about taking the bait, about allowing yourself to be triggered because you don't want it to be where you look like the crazy person while they sit back and look like the one who is cool, calm, and collected. And it happens. It happens a lot more than you think. All right, number four, we're up to number four, which is giving away your leverage too early. And I hinted about this a little bit at the beginning, which is when you try to resolve things too amicably and you end up giving away leverage too early because you think, well, maybe I can resolve this early on in the process. So let me just go ahead and give, you know, something up to, you know, early on in the process. But even throughout the the process of the negotiation, sometimes you end up getting information. You think, well, let me just go ahead and share this with the other side. No, you don't want to do this. I actually just had a conversation with people in my inner circle about this, where they were like, well, as I get information, shouldn't I just share it with the other side immediately? No, you shouldn't just share it with the other side immediately. I mean, obviously, if you have to, because you're in litigation and the litigation dictates that you're supposed to provide updated discovery or whatever. I mean, okay, but I wouldn't provide anything that you don't 
have to because you're trying to build a case here or you know even if there's not litigation if you are in negotiations you need to build strategy you have to have tactics you want to make sure that what you are doing is holding things close to the vest until you are ready to present them and then you present it all at once you have to have a tactic about how you're doing that you can't just you know oh let me find have this information let me just share it right on over i mean I actually had a situation one time where I had I was representing the husband and he found a cell phone of the 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 wife in the marital home she had already left the marital home and so it was marital property she left it back in the home he plugged it in and on the phone were all sorts of interesting pictures and text messages and things that were going to be good good leverage for our case instead of holding it close to the vest letting us use it letting us compile it letting us present it in a way that would be the best and most strategic and tactical for the case the way his lawyer me had asked him to now you know what he does is he goes and you know gets drunk and dial you know never drink and dial right and in the middle of the night ah, I can't believe it blah, blah blah sends it all over and of course what does she do at that point she has an opportunity to review it with her lawyer she has an opportunity to create a defense around it create a story around it create a message around it, it you know it's always better to be able to frame it the way you want to frame it so that no which I tell my own clients too and you should know this as well it's always better to come right out and say hey i know that you are going to bring this up if you have a bad fact if you have bad information that's going to make you look bad it's always better to come right out with it and say hey i know that you're probably going to bring this up but here's the situation and then frame it in the way you want it to be framed so that's why you want to be careful about that never give away your leverage too early and then number 5 number 5 is have a written agreement ready to go because if you don't if you don't this is a fatal mistake you don't have an agreement because narcissists will change their mind they're gonna if you're in person they'll change their mind before the door hits their behind on their way out the deal will shift the deal will change remember they enjoy watching you squirm they enjoy moving goalposts they enjoy you know the whole game of it so if you don't get them to sign an agreement then you have nothing you know when you are presenting the deal when you are in this situation then you've got to have a written agreement ready to go and as you are making changes during the negotiation have the word doc ready or have a google doc ready or whatever and be making changes in real time soon as you have an agreement hit print sign because they will change their minds as soon as you know they're walking so definitely that's a fatal error if you don't do that things have turned red hot you are under massive attack 
They're triggering you because that's what they want to do. They want to make sure that you're triggered. They want to destabilize you. They want you to feel paralyzed. They want you to feel powerless. That's their goal. It's not just, by the way, it's not just because they want to win. Yes, they want to win. But there's kind of like this other piece of it because if they win, then it's over. And they don't necessarily want it to be over because then the fun is over for them. Because part of the fun is the intimidation factor. Part of the fun is watching you squirm. Part of the fun is like, it's kind of like that nasty kid who just like takes the earthworm and like wants to pick at it and watch it kind of squirm, put pins in it and watch, see what happens to it. Like that. That's kind of the fun of it for them. It's 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 almost like an experiment. They enjoy it. So how do you look fearless when they're like enjoying that? So I've come up with this acronym. It's called Cool Words. And it's to help you remember what to do when they are trying to stick it to you. Because a lot of times, by the way, they know you, especially if it's in a divorce situation or a business partner dissolution or something where they've really gotten to know you well over the course of many years. They know what your Achilles heels are. They know how to get to you. They know exactly what is going to needle you. So cool words. C. C stands for chill out, take a break. First thing you can do is just walk away. Say, I need a moment. I need to walk outside. I need to take a breath. Go throw some cold water on your face. Go to the restroom. Take some fresh air in. Uh, just get away from the intensity of the room. Just just doing that for a few minutes will, will make a huge difference. You have the right to just walk away for a second. Change it up. A, a little bit, especially if there's a mediator, if you happen to be in a mediation setting, maybe even say, you know, I, I want to talk to just the mediator for a second, or maybe have just the lawyers talk, or maybe ask to have a different dynamic as far as who's talking to whom. Even just that can kind of cool the temperatures down in the room for a second. Okay, so that's C. That's the first C. The next letter is O for cool words, all right? So O. O stands for observe their behavior. You're just observing their behavior verbally to them without emotion and without judgment. So you say to them something like this, I can see that you're upset, I can see that you're angry. You might even ask them, what's making you angry right now? Get them to verbalize it. So you're just observing. You're observing their behavior to them. You're just kind of taking yourself out of it by doing that. And you're asking them to explain their behavior to you without emotion, without defensiveness, without judgment. You're not getting down into it with them by doing that. So that's the first O. The second O, we're working through the word cool here. The second O is observing the situation as if you're a bystander. So the first O is you're observing your behavior to them. 
The second O is you're observing the situation as if you're a bystander. So this is where you're actually taking yourself out of the entire situation as if you're not even part of it. It's almost like watching a two-year-old having a tantrum on the floor. They're screaming, they're yelling. You don't feel like you need to get down on the floor and scream and yell, right? You usually just watch them. This is almost helpful like as if you're like you're watching a football game or you're watching a wrestling match or you're a, a hockey game and you're seeing like those guys like they start fighting, right? Because it helps you to start to not take things as personally. Because remember, the way people treat other people is always a direct reflection of the way they feel about themselves. Highly recommend the book, The Four Agreements. One of the four agreements that you make with yourself is you never take anything personally because the way people treat other people is always how a reflection of the way they feel about themselves. Observing the situation as if you're a bystander is something actually that Judge Lynn Toller also recommended when I interviewed her. And you can definitely check out my interview with her on this channel as well. And we'll make sure we have a link to that here as well. So definitely check that out. The next letter is L. We're working through the word cool. So we've done C-O-O. Now we're doing L. L is let it go by you. You're just literally watching the words that they fling toward you. Just go by you. I just think of it as like when I was a kid and I, like I used to play dodgeball, like they would make us. Not not willingly, by the way. I hated that game. But when we would, they would make us play that game in PE. They called a PE, and they forced us to line up against the wall. Do they still make kids play that game? horrible game. They force you to line up against the wall and the boys would fling the ball at you as hard as possible and you would like try to dodge the ball. Anyway, so you just kind of like watch the words go by you just like that. Like you just go past them. The words go by you and there go there they go. And you're just observing them go by you and they don't touch you. And that's what you're going to have them do. You're just letting them go by you. That's L. All right. And then words. This is my favorite part of this. You use mantras, words, power words to keep you grounded. And so what you do is you actually have power words in front of you. So they could be words like power, strength, leverage, resilience, confidence, or control, whatever it is. And you just have one or two of them right in front of you just to remind you of who you are, what you're doing there. And you don't even have to have the whole word written out. You can just write P for power. Something that's going to keep you grounded, keep you feeling strong. It could be just a symbol, something that when you look at it, it's going to remind you of that word. In the book, Think and Grow Rich, which I also recommend, Napoleon Hill talks about that power of auto-suggestion, which is a way for you to reprogram your brain and your neuronal patterns. And so by having these words there, something that is in the room with you when you're in that situation, that high emotion, that tense and intensive situation, It's a way for you to remind yourself who you are 
and you're going to be less likely to be triggered that way. It's it's reminding you that you're badass. You're badass. And that badass self of yours is going to stay in that room. And it, it ain't going to go anywhere when you're under attack so that you can remain looking fearless. So if you're dealing with a narcissist, be it a covert narcissist, a grandiose narcissist, or a malignant narcissist, they they engage in all kinds of behaviors, even while you are just in a relationship with them. They're gaslighting you, they're lying to you, they're manipulating you, um, you know, perhaps even being abusive. More than more than likely, they're being abusive. Um, some are sneakier at it than others. Covert narcissists, in particular, are very sneaky at it. And so, if you are dealing with a covert narcissist, I have several videos on co- on covert narcissists, including why covert narcissists are dangerous and the covert passive aggressive narcissist. And you're going to want to check out those videos uh, for sure if you're dealing with covert narcissists. But whatever kind of narcissist you're dealing with, they are being their narcissist selves the entire time that you're in a relationship with them. So there are different. There are three phases to a narcissistic relationship. It's love bombing, devaluing, and discarding. And remember that the, the phases of the relationship don't actually happen in a linear fashion. They happen at uh, the same time sometimes. They can be devaluing you while they're love bombing you. And in fact, there was a study done by a psychologist with monkeys that showed that if monkeys were given a reward for doing something good every single time, Nothing happened in their brain. But if they were only given a reward intermittently, variably, where the monkeys couldn't predict when they were going to get this reward, the the dopamine levels in their brain actually rose to the level of someone on cocaine. And that's what happens with a relationship with narcissists. They go back and forth. The narcissists go back and forth between love bombing and devaluing and love bombing and devaluing. And so you are left with almost being addicted to, in a physiological way, to wanting their praise, to wanting that love bomb because they start out so charming. And they really try to set themselves up to be the perfect person for you and hold out all these things that they're going to do for you or um, even do things for you right at that time. I mean, if you ever watched the Dirty John miniseries, you you recall that that guy was just setting himself to be per- up to be perfect for this successful single businesswoman. He was getting her dry cleaning and making smoothies for her in the morning and all these things at the same time that he was isolating her from her family and uh, turning people against her. So, um, you know, they go through these phases of the relationship. So, what happens when you are doing battle with a narcissist is they just become that same person, but on steroids. So it's so much worse. They turn up the heat. Because unfortunately for narcissists, 
you know, you're either for them or you're against them. They need an endless amount of supply. And if you are cutting off that supply to them, then they um, just see you as the enemy. Um, and for those of you who watch my videos on a regular basis, you know that I've had to work two covert narcissists out of my life, and it was not an easy thing. It wasn't husbands, but it was people that were close to me and close enough to do serious damage and cause lots and lots of trauma. And you know, I'm telling you that if it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Um, narcissists have a symbiotic relationship with empaths, and you know, narcissists see that empaths have the qualities that they want. And empaths, you know, we just think that we can love everybody back to health, and um, you know, that we have enough love to give, and it just ends up being this black hole. And so they, they literally, you know, they're often called energy vampires or leeches or parasites or whatever, but they do. They literally suck the life out of you. And it's almost like death by a thousand cuts. And so when you go to do battle with a narcissist, they're literally, um, turning up the heat because now you're the enemy. Now you no longer have any value for them. So there's no, like a reasonable person, those of us who are in reasonable land, we think, oh, we can just walk away and wish each other well and we'll come up with an agreement that's um, reasonable. And hey, the law provides for uh, certain things, and you know, depending on what kind of battle you're doing with a narcissist. But um, you can't, that's not how it goes with a narcissist. So if you're getting ready to do battle or you're in the trenches of doing battle with a narcissist, there are a few things that you can do to beat them at their own game and preserve your own sanity along the way. The first thing is don't allow them to disrespect you. When you allow them to disrespect you, you're basically giving them permission to do that. And um, they know how to push your buttons, let me tell you. I mean, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship with this person, they've studied you, they know exactly what your weaknesses are. And so that's where they're going to go. They're going right there to, um, to, to try to make you look as bad as possible. Everything you say or do is going to be turned against you, used against you, twisted, manipulated. So... What you're going to have to do is just maintain your own level of dignity, maintain your own level of respect and demand respect from them. If they are screaming, yelling, trying to talk to you in a way that's overly emotional um, and they're not in control, they want you to be out of control too because they get supply. They get narcissistic supply by seeing you squirm. So by just maintaining that, hey, we're not going to have this conversation. You're not being respectful to me. This is not productive. We'll have this conversation when you can be respectful to me. Um, you know, same thing if they are lighting you up in text messages or lighting you up in emails um, and saying all sorts of disrespectful things. You can just simply respond and say, uh, I disagree with what you're saying. Um, please do not speak to me that way. It is disrespectful. And, you know, and then respond to the parts of it that you might have to respond to, like, 
what time are you picking up the kids or something like that. But other than that, you're not going to get into the trenches with them and sling that same sort of mud. You're going to demand respect from them and you're going to condition them that that's, this is how it's going to go. If you, if they want you to interact with them, they're going to have to respect you. And it's going to drive them insane when you do that. Believe me. Okay, the next thing that you can do is document, document, document. And we cannot say this enough, those of us who are in this field and professionals in this area. Uh, it, it just You just never know what's going to end up being your leverage. And when you're dealing with narcissists, you have to have a super strong strategy and you have to be able to create leverage. And um, you know, I often hear people ask me, what is leverage? What does that look like? And leverage can be a smoking gun, like the one thing that for sure the narcissist doesn't want anyone to know. Um, Or it can be something like that the narcissist is more motivated to resolve your differences than you are. Or it can be an accumulation of things. It can be, you know, 15 different text messages that show um, that they're a liar. Or it, and and you create an exhibit that shows that, um, you know, it could be that they didn't show up for picking up the kids on time twenty times in a row, or they changed the schedule every single time that they were supposed to take the kids, or whatever. But you know, it could be any accumulation of those things. And so it's really, really important to do that documentation, even if it seems mundane. You know, just keep the app open on your, you know, on your phone, the notes app, um, or there's apps where you can actually pay, you know, to have a documentation feature or whatever. But basically you just don't really know what's going to be the pattern that you're going to be able to bring out or what's going to be that leverage and you know for sure the leverage is always going to be around what is their biggest motivation which is um you know the one thing they don't want to come out they it's going to be around their ego because the thing about narcissists is you know, they're just always in this um, mode of self-preservation. They're actually very easy to figure out. Um, and narcissists are the most afraid, most scared little personalities on the planet. They have fragile egos because they have no sense of inner value. Um, all of their value comes from the external so uh, when you are looking at your documentation and figuring out what your leverage is, um, you're going to want to think about what is their biggest motivation? What is it that they really don't want brought out? Um, and what is it that's going to make them look bad? Because narcissists do not want to look bad, especially in front of people that they really respect. So if somebody is involved that they really respect, such as a mediator or other lawyers or the judge, especially the judge, um, they're not going to want to look bad. So document, document, document everything, okay? You never know when you're going to need it. Okay, the third thing that you can do is figure out what kind of narcissist you're dealing with and understand what behaviors each one uh, engages in. So some of it is similar. Um, all narcissists 
engage in certain types of behaviors like gaslighting and manipulation, but they do it in subtly different ways depending on the type of narcissist that you're dealing with, whether it's covert, malignant, or grandiose. And um, you will want to brush up on the different types of narcissists so that you can figure out what kind you're dealing with and then find out what behaviors they engage in. And once you do that, then um, you will expect it. You're going to go, oh, there, there's that person being that covert narky self. That's what they do. Uh, and you won't take it as personally because you'll just understand that that's the way they act. Okay. So the third thing you can do is figure out what kind of narcissist you're dealing with, brush up on the types of behaviors associated with each narcissist, and then expect them to act like themselves. They don't change. Narcissists do not change. Um, they can pretend like they know. Like, I mean, they're very good at pretending. Um, they do know what good behavior looks like. Um, that's how they were able to rope you in in the first place. And that's how they parade around the world and get people to think that um, they're so great. Um, especially covert narcissists are really, really good at that. Um, but you're going to want to figure out what kind you're dealing with and then not be surprised when they just act like themselves. The fourth thing is when you are getting ready to ask for something from the narcissist, you're going to want to ask for way more than what you actually want. The narcissist is going to want to feel like they beat you, like they got to you because they get supply from that. Their egos won't allow you to win, at least on paper. So if you are ready to just give them a certain amount, give away a certain amount that you control, that you decide ahead of time, I'm going to be willing to take this much or... I'll be willing to give up this thing, um, but act like it's like the one thing you definitely don't want to give up. Because if there's something that's super important to you, then that's the one thing that they're going to want to make sure that you don't get. So you're, you, you're kind of playing a game here, and I call it ethically manipulating the manipulator. But basically, you're going to want to give them... Um, certain things that you kind of decide ahead of time that you, you were willing to give and then um, you know work back to what you actually want. And then when you get there, you have to act like, oh my God, I can't believe I had to give up so much and this is just awful. And oh, you, you really took advantage of me and whatever, but you can just go home and smile and pour your champagne or whatever and do it in the privacy of your own home after you've won the things that you wanted. And number five, the last one is, I take it from like this old commercial, never let them see you sweat, but really you never want to let them see you sweat, cry, get emotional, lose control. Then they get supply from that. Um, if you need to, you know, cry in the bathroom um, and, and then come back out, splash water on your face, you know, if you wear makeup and you're a female, whatever, you know, put makeup back on. Uh, if you're a guy, just splash water in your face, comb your hair, whatever you need to do to just maintain control and never let them see that they are getting under your skin. Because as soon as they see that, then they know they have you. Um, if you know you're going to have to interact with them, 
you know, it, and let's say it's a school meeting or it's a mediation or something like that, don't get there too early, get there on time. Um, don't give them opportunities to grab you and try to manipulate you because that's when they'll start to get under your skin again. Remember what I said at the beginning, these narcissists, they know how to uh, push your buttons. So never let them see you sweat. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. 